Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers is being lowered. Once a neck, always a neck. What's up, guys? Good morning, and welcome to another edition of the Nickish Show. This is the Nickish Cup of Coffee. Here with your boys, Mo and Afi, on this early morning, October 20th, talking about Knicks-related topics for the day. How you doing, man? Not bad, bro. I was about to say, talk about Knicks-related topics, because it's not much else to really talk about. We in that dreaded dead zone after the NBA Finals. Ain't <laughs> yeah. shit going on. But, yeah, we got to make content, so... Let's get at it. I mean, there's been some kind of Knicks rumors we haven't gotten a chance to really speak about a little bit. So, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I mean, the major thing that's coming up is a draft, which is really what the Knicks have been looking forward to since the better, the better part of March. Um, since March, the Knicks haven't played a single game, and really the, the next move would be the draft. And um, now they're just rumors nonstop. People got their various mock drafts where they expect the players to go and the only thing that's definitive is that no one really knows who's going to go anywhere from 1 to 30 or 1 to 60. This is one of those drafts where everyone pegged as a weak draft and um, a lot of different Knicks fans are talking about making different moves. Some people even want to give up the Mavs pick of 2021 to move up in the draft which I don't just which I disagree with uh, especially because you never know what's going to happen next year with Luka. Um, KP obviously is going to be out for a while. Luca could have an injury that could push him out for a month. That that kind of thing happens all the time, um, and that would basically force the Mavs to be out of the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be a stronger West. Uh, the Warriors are back, um, uh, so I would definitely not want to move up in this in this mm. draft, especially because there's no definitive stake on who's going to be going from one to one to sixteen as far as the lottery goes, but. The different rumors are basically that. Are the Knicks going to move up? Are they going to trade any players? Are they going to try to get that Warriors number two pick? Are the Warriors going to try to get rid of their pick and get a win-now player? Um, I, I I don't think we'll really know anything until draft night, which, again, is November 18th. Um, which Are there any rumors that really caught your eye? Um, I mean, it's funny you mentioned trade-up. So I know we kind of maybe touched on it on our latest Knicks at night, but... I think that day, that very day, a rumor came out that, uh, from Ian Bagley that a lot of the people around the top prospects, which I'm assuming means like their entourage or some shit, their manager, agents, whatever, are saying that the Knicks are exploring or looking around trading up you know, for these top prospects. And two of the names I've heard mentioned, obviously, are LaMelo. You know, we've been connected to him since, like you said, March, pretty much. And James Wiseman. Um, and on that topic of trading up... I guess if the if it, if the deal makes sense, or let's start with Wiseman because I feel like we've touched on Lamelo a lot. Would you trade up for Wiseman? And no. I guess what what would that say about Mitch? No, you would. I, I would not. No, I think. Um, look, I, yeah, I, I, as far as Wiseman goes, uh, you and I were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. His name goes from anywhere from one to even nine on on certain people's mock drafts, and when you wonder why it would go down to nine, it's really because. There are questions about his work ethic. Um, mm-hmm. You're mentioning to me earlier that Spencer Perlman, shout out to him, uh, made a point earlier about 
his uh, his legs, and for a seven footer, it's <laughs> it's really skinny. Like he looks built on top, but his legs are really skinny. And for a seven footer, you don't want that, especially one who's as mobile as Wiseman. Yeah, looking like Big Bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel that for sure. I mean, we're both fan- part of the Mitch fan club, but let me play some quick devil's advocate. I mean, we know Mitch. This is his quote unquote last year on his rookie deal because. A lot of the folks are saying it just makes sense to like turn down his option and offer him extension as opposed to waiting for his full four-year deal to end out because then he'd be unrestricted if we decline it now he's restricted right so with that being said what if you know leon is thinking it's too early in the game to pay a big man a rim running big man right now like that big money you know what i mean especially given the fact that he's his agent is uh rich paul part of clutch <laughs> so what if like you know devil's advocate leon's just like hey i could use mitch and a pick to trade up get wiseman and the wiseman i got four years you know what i mean which would line up with rj's three years and so we don't have to worry about paying either one for at least three years you know what i mean that's just devil's advocate i i prefer mitch because it's just you know like you know the old saying when you got a bird in hand like you know what i mean yeah i never i never figure out what's what the end of that saying was but yeah you get the point yeah, I mean, the the point of the draft is to get the best player available. And right now, Mitchell Robinson set the NBA record for the highest field goal percentage in NBA history. We have we found a diamond in the rough in the second round. Facts. We should pay him as soon as we can. He's he's on route to be one of the best defensive big men in the NBA at, at the rate that he's going at. And right now, he he's only just starting to get with Tibbs, right? He did, yeah. he did that with Fisdale as his coach and Miller as his coach. Imagine what he can do with Tom Thibodeau as his coach. We're gonna feel you. Yeah. We're gonna see a level of Mitch that we wouldn't have ever thought we'd get when he was first drafted into the, with the Knicks. So I'm not I'm not dying to have Wiseman. I I'd rather stick with the guy that I know is capable of being highly pr- productive on the court uh, instead of making a risk for a player just to get four more years. We're not the Knicks aren't a cheap team. Um, salary cap wise, we're not always guaranteed a free agent. So stick with the stick with the, with one of the youngest big men in the NBA, you know. Facts, yeah. I just like wait till we see how he looks in a full tip season, and then like throw him the bag or throw him yeah. whatever he's worth and whatever he shows he's worth. But you know, there are some clear weaknesses in Mitch. We gotta see him like t- taper down on the fouls. I know it it trended downwards last season, but it's still not. I feel like at a level where he would p- play like thirty two minutes, you know. Because I was just, like, perusing, like, Rudy Gobert's kind of, like, blast basketball reference page. It was by, by like, his third year, he was playing up to upwards of 30 minutes a game. So if Mitch is doing that this year, then we know he made that progress and he earned Tibbs' trust. And if he's doing that, I'm on the same boat as you pay him. But I'm kind of going back to devil's advocate. Like, looking at Wiseman, the offensive skill level <laughs> that this kid got, like, Mitch, like, that's, Mitch doesn't have it, you know what I mean? And, like, Wiseman's two years younger and... I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm still a hard no, but it's something to think about. And I could see the logic if they're just like, hey, let's not, especially in Leon Rose's first year, let's not worry about a contract extension for one of our best pieces. You know what I mean? Let's kick the can down the road and swap him with another big man. But, yeah, I mean, what about LaMelo? Would you do that same trade-up for LaMelo? I feel like we've touched on this before, but. Yeah, I was just looking at Wiseman real quick because um, he does have that flash for a massive two-way potential, according to the Ringer. I knew, shout I knew to, he'd be shout out to Kevin O'Connor. Shout out to Kevin O'Connor. I knew he'd be good offensively, but defensively as well. 
that is something to look out for. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I rather I rather like you said do a full year with. Oh um, man, you Mitch. shouldn't have told me to go to the ringer, bro. I just looked at his uh, his player comp, mild mannered Rashid Wallace. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Rashid is one of my goats. Come on now. <laughs> but nah, nah, you're right. You know, yeah. I mean. There's a there's there's a player. Oh, we'll get to Lamelo in just a sec. But there are always gonna be big men who can shoot now, especially in 2021, um, mm-hmm. coming up. So, I don't think. But I mean, Wiseman has that potential to be a two-way player. But I feel like it's gonna be more common than we think, especially in the next few years. Um, there are other big men in, in in this draft that we can look out for. There's one. Who, I mean, Poku. We never really talked about him, but a lot of the Super other pods. Wild, a lot of the other pods love him um, as a seven-footer who can move like a point guard and pass like a point guard, uh, yeah. despite his thin frame. But he's he's like he's right now being slaughtered for 22. So there's a possibility that the Knicks can move up from 28 and just get him as a seven-footer who has that KP potential, but at a much lower place in the uh, the draft. But uh, back to back to Lamelo Ball. It depends on how high of a ceiling you think he has, and if his ceiling is worth losing one of our assets for. Now, what kind of asset are you thinking that the Warriors might take from the Knicks? Because right now they're going to want a player that could really fit fit into their team to help them keep that championship window uh, open longer. I mean, the scenario I just got in my head is the one that I feel like all Knicks fans have been talking about all offseason, just you know, number eight and Mitch to move up to number two. You know what I mean? Um, that brings up the question, you know, I brought up the idea of Leon being wary of paying Mitch. I mean, a team like Golden State that has such a high payroll already, I think that's a, that's a question they're not willing to answer either, given the fact that they're trying to be a contender. So I don't know how willing they'd be to like trade down and take Mitch, have it for a year and then worry about haggling with Rich Paul while they got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins and Draymond on their books. You know what I mean? So I guess Mm -hmm. that's the only reason or... I guess that's why I'm not seeing it as realistic, but yeah, I wouldn't do that deal either. Just like you said, I mean, Lamelo. I mean, this is a point guard rich draft, and a lot of a, a lot of the point guards are like just different flavors. And Lamelo, obviously, he's got like a, a special kind of spatial awareness and like just awareness period while he's on the court that goes with his passing. And I would love to have that in the garden, you know. I've been, you know, what I mean, like we talk about our point guard troubles for a decade plus, you know. I feel like Lamelo would answer that, but at the cost of Mitch and eight. I definitely, I definitely wouldn't do that deal. But yeah. you know, if if Lamelo finds himself like falling to five, six, you know, because you never know, because he shut down apparently all his interviews and workouts, so he's trying to get, he's trying to go to a certain team. It feels like obviously, so maybe that'll backfire, and then every team passes on the top five because you know we see. Remember Nerlens Noel in the twenty thirteen draft mm-hmm. that was supposedly weak as hell, just like this one. He was the number one prospect. You know, he's got the same kind of buzz Lamelo got, and then he fell to like five or six. He was injured, but it's kind of the same principle. You know, it might be a situation where the quote-unquote top guy isn't exactly the top guy drafted. So, I don't know. I'll pass out LaMelo. Yeah, I, I think Yeah, it's, it's really just that ceiling thing. It's just how good of a player do you think he can be, and I don't think he'll be that good where it'll be worth giving up our best player for and our eighth pick. I don't want to say point guards will always be available, but... This is the NBA. At some point or another, another point guard will be available. I think we got to be smart with the way we approach this and try to find a, a better, a sec- the second best point guard. If Lamelo's first, we'll we'll get the second one. I don't think I don't think his ceiling is as high as you know John Morant, 
um, mm. as John Morant's ceiling. But you know, I think I think for Jaw, I might do a trade like that. But then again, I might not. For if I if this were twenty uh twenty shoot what year is it now twenty nineteen or well, fuck when when was at this rate when was Jaw's draft twenty nineteen right yeah twenty nineteen it's been a long year bro so it's yeah <laughs> yeah yeah twenty nineteen I don't even know if I would trade Mitch to get Jaw if it were, if it were a similar situation uh, I don't know bro Jaw's Jaw I mean obviously last year if we went back in time because you and I were both pretty open about the fact that like neither of us had a chance to watch Jaw because I'll but keep going back to this where the fuck were people watching Murray State games <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that was even a college you know what I mean so no disrespect to Jaw obviously he showed out and why showed out why he deserves the number two draft slot but yeah that like if we're going back to 2019 before draft night you and I neither of us would do that trade but if we're talking now with hindsight I feel like I would trade Mitch because I feel like, like you said, Ja would answer that decades-long point guard like problem. You know what I mean? I don't want to have fond mer- memories of Jeremy Lin and Raymond Felton to lean on when we could have Ja. You know what I mean? But since we're on that topic of point guards, Lamelo, let's bring up another point guard that's been connected to the Knicks, has interviewed with the Knicks, and just in recent days, I personally have been kind of warming up on just because I've, I'm leaning on the expert or the expertise of some of these analysts. Shout out to Kevin O'Connor, like we mentioned, and mm-hmm. Mike Schmitz at ESPN. He put out a really good piece yesterday for those that do have ESPN Plus or ESPN Insider, whatever the fuck they call it now, the subscription shit. I didn't pay for it, by the way. It came with the Disney Plus package. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Thanks for, for letting us all know that we're not all broke. <laughs> yo, Disney, yo, remember when Disney Plus came out? They had like a whole deal. Like, yo, get Disney Plus, you get three apps that you probably won't use with it. Yeah. Like, I, I would love extra apps I would want to use. But, yeah, <laughs> his point was, like, you know, Halliburton's upside might be underrated. I know you mentioned he's a he's a good playmaker. We kind of quibble on the semantics of it. He's definitely a playmaker. I think what I meant is more so, like, a shot creator or just a, a penetrator, a guy that could get that consistent dribble drive. And um, But the thing is, you know, reading these scouting reports, doing a little more, like, um, research and just watching his videos, obviously, I could see some of that shy Gilgis comp, you know what I mean? He's not really the most overly explosive exp- and athletic, but he's he's tall for a point guard. He's a heady, like, smart player. He looked re- mad, like, he looked comfortable running the pick and roll and great passer, obviously. And I want to correct myself previously. I said his usage rate was pretty low. I was just looking at his career usage rate. He had a respectable usage rate of, like, 20. So, you know, he had a good bit of the possessions. And looking at his numbers, his efficiency was crazy, you know what I mean? great shooter and all that so i'm warming up to it um i definitely want to trade up for him but if he's there at eight at this point he's not my preference i would love killian i'd even probably prefer kira lewis not at eight but just as a point guard you know but yeah why not take halliburton you know what's your thoughts on him yeah i think i think halliburton might be third or fourth on my list after killian and devin vassal as pot like actual potential guys we can draft at eight um but Halliburton, I think, is that solid point guard that fits every, that that fills every hole that the Knicks have right now, as far as playmaking goes, as far as shooting goes. Even everyone talks about his awkward form, but he he has a high percentage in college right now. Um, uh, he's really good at the catch and shoot, and as far as driving in, he's good at changing up his speed. He's a good pick and roll runner, but it's really just that that push to take it all in. You know what I mean? Like he'll hmm. he. He has to, he's kind of he's a little passive like Frank is like he has a capability of doing it he just doesn't do it, um, but like you mentioned SGA is a great comp, 
Um, great defense, great defensive potential, but he's also going to be 21 in February. Does that change your insight on him? Would you still take him at eight? Well, the thing is, when I we first kind of did our preliminary discussion about Tyler Alburn weeks ago, I thought he was like Obi Toppin, like a 22-year-old. Mm. So 21, I think that was the same age Donovan Mitchell came into the league. Obviously, that's a different case because Mitchell is just like a special kind of explosive and athletic. But with Halliburton, it doesn't change. You know what I mean? I feel like he's the type of player, especially in a draft like this, the quote-unquote weak draft. I'll keep saying quote-unquote just because we never know. You know, we're not the experts here. I'll rely on the current-day experts and see if they're wrong in the future. But with Halliburton, I think, you know, aside from, like, lack of athleticism um, and just, like, explosiveness, I think he's, he'll be a good piece, and I think he'll be one of those pieces that could make RJ – and Mitch better because he's a shooter, provides spacing, and, you know, the Shy Gilgis comp, you know, if we get CP3, that partnership, the, the Shy Gilgis cp 3 partnership worked pretty well last year. So if Leon's trying to redo that this year, I like it. You know? He actually kind of reminds me of Rondo a little bit, just a little taller. He's 6'5 with a 7-foot wingspan, but Rondo also has a 7-foot wingspan. Um, both not athletic, both awkward shot forms. Rondo has become a lot better of a shooter than he was when he first was drafted. Uh, to the Celtics, but I, I see a little bit of a Rondo comparison. I think it'd be a great piece if we had more solid players on the Knicks, but that's what this year's plan is, right, to yeah. get RJ and Mitch up to that level where Tyrese <clears throat> Halliburton would be a good plug-in. Um, but Kira Lewis, if the Knicks are smart and they're able to move up from 28 and get Kira Lewis at 16, or maybe if Kira Lewis is available later, that would be a good pickup and get Vassal at 8. I think at the end of the day... I think at the end of the day, we got we got to come away with a good two way forward and a a solid point guard who can pass and shoot. Facts. I was just about to say, why not second round pick Cole Anthony? This boy's draft stock is falling (laughs) through the basement, bro. Uh, Wait, seriously? Is he? Is he? Have you seen him in the second round? Or you just? No, no, no. I'm just joking. Oh, I was about to say, like, like, Knicks might get him at 27, or the Nets might get him. I was like, that's low as shit. Like, what happened to this boy? (laughs) But um. It's funny you mentioned wings. I want to touch on Vasto, and then we could talk about the the gentleman from Auburn. Yeah, but Vasto, you seen his jumper? He got he reworked it. It's like a Markel Fault situation. It's just ugly as shit now. We went from looking pretty. Yeah, yo, this when is a was video this? that went viral a couple of days ago. It looks like a catapult. I feel like with this time off between oh, the season right. and the draft, like these kids are tinkering when they shouldn't be. So I don't know if he'll actually be a three and D wing with the three. You know what I mean? Like, why would you do that? His jumper looks so smooth and nice in college. But, Damn. Um, All right. Yeah, that changed it up. I, I know I know you're going to bring up now. Yeah, let's bring up Okoro. You know, his own coach said the Knicks have been on him from the beginning. They've been sniffing around, talking to strength coaches, coaches, assistants, all that. I know we're on the clock a little bit, but real quick, you know, do you think Okoro is the actual guy we're trying to trade up for and the Lamelo and Mize and stuff is smokescreen? Or I mean, how about, how about we start with all, all the favorite things about uh, – all of your favorite things about Okoro because I know you really like him. I like him just because his – uh, he seems like that prototype, like just uh, wing, athletic wing with tools. That's like a defensive, just like, um, just pit bull. You know what I mean? Um, I know I brought that up before, but he's got that dog in him. And we joked about the last year's Knicks talking about being dogs, but you know, <laughs> I'd rather get a pup like a Coro and train him into a dog. You know what I mean? Like, and he reminds you of. I see comps to like Kawhi. I don't know about that, but he reminds you of Jalen Brown like that athletic wing, mm-hmm. um, especially, like, defensively, just he's special, bro. Like, um, and, you know, if he's if he's the guy that's there at eight, that's a win. 
but it seems like from all these draft experts, he's there's some top five buzz with Okoro. And given the fact that it's a weak draft and how, and the emphasis on wings in the NBA right now, I'm not surprised to see that. You know, I could see him going top five, and that's why I'm thinking. You know, maybe Lamelo and James Wiseman are smoke screens, and he's our trade up guy. You know, I I like Okoro with his potential and. You always want a player on your team. That's that's that player that you need on your team to really put it all together, like Iggy did for the Warriors. Um, and he might be kind of like a – this might be pushing a little bit. He might be a little bit like a quarter LeBron <laughs> kind of player. But here, the, I, th- I think I, Iggy's a good name, though. Yeah. You know, but. <laughs> I mean, Iggy, I always thought as a baby LeBron. but um, Facts. <laughs> with with Okoro, it's the, the shot – is is going to be an issue, but if he's with the Knicks, because if RJ can't shoot, if Mitch can't shoot, if we have a point guard who can't shoot, I don't know. I don't know how good Kara Lewis's shot is, but I know he's more of a, a of a driving has a driving kind of game. But assume let's assume we get Kara Lewis who can't who also can't shoot at an efficient rate, that he might not fit well with the team. I think under under Thibodeau he'll be excellent defensively, but if he also can't shoot, and we got Frank too who also can't shoot. Yeah, it might be yeah. it might be a chemistry kind of thing that might be problematic. I figured Va- Vassal with that two way playing ability with you know as a good shooter, but evidently he's not a, he might not be a good shooter anymore. I I would like to make sure we get a, a very very good shooter in this draft. I don't know who that wing would be. Vassal yeah. like yo, they <laughs> murdered my boy. <laughs> <laughs> His jumper just don't look the same, bro. It's fucking pissed me off. I was like, why, why? But like Okongu is also slated for the top ten. He's he's uh, he's number seven right now in the ringer. Also, same thing. Excellent defensively, but has inconsistent shooting mechanics. I saw him interestingly get Bam comps though as like a playmaking big. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we're trying to trade Mitch, I mean, you know, you mentioned how well, we're like, not you know, we're not trying to trade Mitch. But I, uh, you know, just let me finish this thought. What if it's just <laughs> like you know, like you mentioned, like it's, it's easy to find bigs that can shoot now, but I don't think it's easy to find bigs that can play make. I think that's what these playoffs taught us. You know, Jokic, obviously, Anthony Davis, and Bam, you know, they they were game changers for their respective teams. So if a Congo is like in that same mold as Bam, playmaking point center, I'm, I'm interested. You know, I haven't really looked much into him. You know, I didn't really think we'd be interested in big men, so I haven't been paying attention to the big man prospects. But, yeah, I mean, keep Mitch. That's That's my official stance, you know. But I wouldn't be shocked to see him get traded at this point if we're getting connected to big man. I don't know if we were connected to Ogonkwo. We've definitely been connected to Wiseman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that about covers it um, for a quick cup of coffee. Nick's flavor today. Yep. We appreciate you guys listening to this special edition of the Nickish show, uh, Nickish Cup of Coffee. Look out for our episode tomorrow. We got the Nickish at night where we bring in a new guest every Wednesday to talk about anything that they want to talk about NBA related. Um, it's been an awesome few weeks and we brought in a number of guests to, to the show. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Spotify, Twitter, iTunes. I'm kind of jumping back in, in and out uh, and SoundCloud at Nickish show. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Check us out on Sportscaster. Uh, link in bio on our Instagram to actually access our Sportscaster. That's where we're doing the Nickish at night episodes. Um, and yeah, make sure you, you check us out weekly. Um, that's pretty much it. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day on this October 20th. Uh, it's supposed to be a pretty shitty day in New York City, but I hope you guys enjoy nonetheless. Please make sure to vote. Uh, we only got a couple of weeks left for that. And um, yeah, stay safe, wear a mask. Facts. Um, I was about to say check out our Zanga as well. You know, we got one of them. <laughs> But on some real shit, um, go vote, please, and uh, save our democracy. Peace.
Peace.